Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. As you are standing, I'm super excited to introduce you a good friend of mine. Um, he was very instrumental in in helping um, us getting here to Axios Church, um, uh, uh, counseling me and making sure I wasn't going crazy and everything. And um, Terry Green is a good friend, does a lot with FCA. He can tr- introduce himself with all that. But uh, the, the thing is, he is a man of God and um, has a heart of gold. So Axios Church, I want you to put your hands together and let's welcome Terry Green as he preaches this morning. Go ahead and have a seat. I can't see a single person. Uh, But if you love your pastor, say yes. Um, If you love somebody that you're here today with, would you turn to them and say, I love you so much. I'm so happy. I can see you now. I can see clearly now. If you love Jesus, say yes. Oh, man, I love your your pastor, because uh, every time we go somewhere, he's got the greatest hair in all the room. And then he rolls with me, and it's just easy. It's easy to make that happen. He looks cool, too, man. He's got the Fast and the Furious shirt on. I remember when I came out. All I wanted to do was look like Paul Walker, and then I came out looking like Vin Diesel. <laughs> I'm like, man, what? I had hair, but I had good hair. I had good hair. Um, man, but I love your pastor. I just love his heart. I love who he is. He just keeps it real. Don't you love somebody that keeps it real? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, would you pray with me as we get started? Um, there's a lot of new faces, people I do not know, but you're going to get to know me real quick. But before we get going, let's pray. Uh, and just ask that God would be in this place. Father, we love you. And we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. And we thank you that um, it says that times of refreshment are found in the presence of God. And so, God, where there are places in our life where we need to be refreshed, we ask that you would do so in Jesus' name. I pray we honor your word, and we love you for all you're going to do, all you have done, all you promised. God, things that have yet to happen, things that have already taken place, we just know that you're a God who cares, loves, and comforts. You're here this morning. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I do work with FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and and we have the privilege of meeting with coaches and athletes and all whom they influence, which is a pretty good spot to be. When you think about sport being the entertainment, number one place for entertainment in all the world, sport is really neat. And how many know that it's okay to just go, hey, Jesus in sports is a pretty good thing, man. I love it. I love that we get to go and, and meet with people on the fields and in stinky locker rooms. It never looks this nice in anything that we do. It's always dirty. It smells of must. And it's just nasty. But, but man, we, how many know Jesus can get through body odor? I could, I'm telling you, he's that good. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 27. Typically, I like to look at an entire passage of Scripture, but today we're going to focus on one verse. Everybody say one. Turn to somebody and say, it's worth the wait. 
It's worth the wait. The title of my message, if you're taking notes, is It's Worth the Wait. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 27, and we're going to be reading a psalm that David wrote. And how many of you know this? How many of you love a good storyteller? Oh, I love a good storyteller. I, lo- I want to know first and last names. I want to know what color the car was. I want to know what was on the radio. I want to know what you had for breakfast that influenced your decision later on that day. I love good stories. And let me tell you something about David's story. When the Bible recounts his life, it doesn't spare any details. Like from the very beginning of stages, we read about David, the son of Jesse, Living in obscurity, he was a shepherd's boy. And then all of a sudden, you fast forward the tape, we go from David, the son of Jesse, to David, the great king, right? And then we go back, we see David, the adulterer, and then we see David, a man after God's own heart. And we see David, who was a great king, and then we see David, who just makes terrible decisions. David's life, from the very beginning of time, all the way until the end, the Bible spares no details. But what I also love about David is that when he would write, he wouldn't spare any details himself. David would often write about what he's feeling despite what he believes. Sometimes I think if we're not careful, you could be just like me. God, maybe you don't know exactly what I'm feeling, and so I'm not going to tell you about it. God's never taken aback by what we're feeling despite what we believe. And David was so good at this. He would say, God, oh, you're the rock and the light of my salvation. Would you kill every single one person over there and please do that all right now. David in the same passage, God, you're so good. Oh, I can't stand them, God. And if you're, have you ever heard, God, are you here? God, you're everything to me, but are, are you hearing me? David would never, he would never just withhold what he was feeling despite what he believed. And so David penned uh, Psalm 27, and he was pressed. We gotta be, he was pressed on all sides. David had to do one of these at all times. You ever had to look over your shoulder? You're like, okay, who's that? Why are they there? David was pressed. People were trying to kill him. What David was dealing with may not be what we are dealing with today, but have you ever been pressed? Have you ever had to go through some things? Have you wondered ever, like, is this it? Is this all it's ever going to be? Have you ever went through something and thought, is this ever going to end? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you something. There were some seasons of life where I thought, God, it has to stop now. You ever went through one of those? I have, I have, I have four ki- three kids. I got three kids. And let me tell you, I say four because we got four, one on the way. Baby on the way. We got three boys. Oh, Lord Jesus. And I got a young man who's at Southeastern University who thinks that he, let me tell you something, he, he thinks that he wrote the Bible. I'm going to tell you, he, he's, he thinks he's the man. He knows it everything. David was pressed. He was going through some things. Uncertainty was certain. Has uncertainty ever been the most certain thing that you ever had to deal with? And so David would write, And he would write, and he would write. He said, God, you're the light of my life. You're the rock of my life. You're everything. If everybody falls away, you never will. David was going through a process of thought, and he landed on chapter 27, verse 14. This is what he says. He says, wait patiently for the Lord. Tell somebody, say, wait. 
Turn to somebody else and say, say, it's worth the wait. David said, wait patiently for the Lord and be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait for things. If I order something, I want it ordered and brought to me on time. I don't know if you like to wait for things. I don't like to wait. From the earliest of my childhood, I remember going shoe shopping, and I would wear my brand new shoes out of the store. I'd put the old ones in the box. Like, I was the kid that would go in with zero confidence, and then I would walk out with the confidence of ten men. You know, why? Because I got new shoes on my feet. And if it was a good day in a good year, mom, could we get the matching Nike socks? And you better believe I would take my old crusty, nasty white socks off and I'd put on the brand new black Nike socks to match the shoes. Right? That's why we love Amazon. Oh, Amazon got a package. It was said it was delivered. It was to be there tomorrow. And it never showed up. I'm the guy that if you order something and they say, would you like to track this package? Absolutely. I turn my notifications on. I turn my ringer on. I want to make sure. Like, I love to know, like, your package is on its way. And then how many of you know it'll be delivered by 10 p.m. And then at 7 p.m. it goes to your door. And you're like, oh, it's there. Like, you, uh, we got to go. Got to get to the house. Because why? I tracked my package. I tracked my package. Does anybody get excited? I am the best at receiving gifts. It, you, it, I don't even have to like it. But if you give me something, oh, my gosh, you didn't have to. I love gifts. I love gifts that I'm surprised with. What I don't like to know is if there's a, a surprise that's on its way. Like, I, like surprise me. Don't, 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 don't mildly surprise. Don't tell me something is on its way, and then I got I to gotta wait for it. Is there anybody who just cannot stand waiting for certain things? We're having our fourth child. We have three boys. And my wife and I said, hey, um, so now that we're pregnant, when do we tell people? My wife said right away. We don't wait first trimester. We're going to tell you we're pregnant. Hey, by the way, pregnant. How many of you want to know what we're having, though? Because we found out early. Because you know why? We don't like to wait. We're having our fourth boy, which is pretty amazing. And I'm telling you, I I was done. Right? So we got the blood draw. Like, I didn't know this was a thing until this baby. Like, I didn't have to wait for the sonogram. I wanted to find out that we're having a baby boy. You want to know his name? You're going to have to wait. (laughs) You're going to have to wait. I think we've landed on one. um, But I don't like to wait. David says to wait patiently for the Lord, to be brave and courageous. The kind of waiting that David is talking about in Psalm 27, after examining the entirety of his life, it was the kind of thing when David said to wait, what he was saying was, God, I want what you desire on your terms and no strings attached. God, I want to wait on you, and what I'm saying is that I want what you desire on your terms with no strings attached. David was doing a very good job at sharing with us what it meant to live completely committed to God's timing. 
David said, God is whatever you desire on your terms and no strings attached. How many of you are like me and think that the season that I'm in right now, God, I'd just like to hit the fast forward button. Right, God, let's get through this as fast as we can. In fact, I know a shortcut. David said, hey, wait on God. In other words, God, I don't want to control the outcome of my life any longer. I don't want to hit fast forward. But you know what we're really, really good at? We're really good at hitting rewind. And we're, we're, we're really good at going back to what we knew, not what was true. We go back to what we knew, not what God has planned. We go back to, the, the rewind button is a little easier than the fast forward button because the fast forward button still brings you to a place of uncertainty. When we journey with God, when we walk with God, every step at times can feel like it is a mystery. But if I go back to what I used to know, you know what the Bible says though about that? It says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. Going back to what I used to know is comfortable and easy. But to wait on God is totally a mystery. David was showing us what it looked like to wait completely on the Lord. That God, whatever you desire, on your terms, no strings attached. David, in other words, was saying, God, however long it takes. I'm not going nowhere, God, however long it takes. But can I ask you a question? Why do we have such a problem with waiting? Why do we wait? Why, why is waiting? Why can we, Have you ever sat somewhere and you're just supposed to wait? You could be in line at Chipotle and 20 people in front of you, 19 out of 20 are on their phones. We lost the art of passing time. I want you to take notes if you, if you, have, if you have any notes in your phone, take them out. Here's why we have a problem with waiting, because waiting can feel inconvenient. I don't know if you have kids and you've ever had to sit in a car line. I think it's an excuse to take a nap. I've woken up and cars were already getting their kids. Just going around with me, honking, you know, like there he goes again. The guy in the white Ford pickup or, or Ford SUV, there he is just sleeping. I don't know if you've ever had to wait for something. Waiting can feel inconvenient. Waiting can feel inconvenient. Is my mic good? Okay. The second thing is this, is that waiting can feel uncomfortable. You ever had to wait for something? And you thought, boy, I would rather be somewhere else. I'd rather be somewhere else. God, I don't, I don't know about right here. I, I, I know this is where you want me, but I'd rather be somewhere else. I'd rather be somewhere that I'm more familiar with. I'll never forget the first time I wrote a tithe check to the church. In fact, it wasn't a check. It was just a bunch of cash. I was selling cars, and I made a good money that month. I was doing really good. How many of you know sometimes good, good months, and then you got some bad months? And I remember just committing my life to the Lord. I said, God, you have my time. You got my talent. You got everything. And God said, but I don't have your money. I said, I don't know about that one either, God. We'll get back to you on that one. I'm going to hit the pause. You know what? God wants you to go do something. You say, God, not right now. That's the pause button. God, not right now. I'm okay. You know what? I, I don't even need to go back. I don't want to go forward. I just don't want to do anything. I'll never forget. I got paid once a month. Last day of the month, I get my paycheck. I drop it in the bucket. Boom. And 
and I, and I remember thinking to myself, God is about to open up the sky. It's going to fall down like rain, and I'm going to be raining because I gave him my money, and I knew that if I give money, he's going to come back. I thought I was going to sell every car on the car lot that next month. You ever did something like that? Just like, okay, God, I mean, they're just, I don't even know how I'm going to do all the appointments. People are just going to buy every car on the planet. Like, we're going to have to get new cars that we don't exist because that's how many we're going to sell. And I'm going to tell you right now, I brought my, boop, put it in the bucket, waited, and then that next month, it was the least amount of money I'd ever made in my professional career. This is not like the best tithing story. Don't tell them that one. Don't tell them that one. You know what I mean? I said, God, that's, okay, maybe you were taking a week off. I'm not sure if you realize that I gave you more money than I ever gave anybody in my life. And then I did it the second month. Oh, my goodness. I made even less money the next month, all the little that I tithed. And this was, this was funny because I remember going, God, okay, I thought, God, what I thought, now I feel uncomfortable. And God, I'll never forget this because I said, God, I'm not doing it again. He said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. I said, why would I do it again, God? He said, because I taught you faith. You allowed me to meet the needs that you didn't know you had. You allowed me to move in you in a way that you never thought would ever be possible. You allowed me to reach into a part of your life that you've yet to submit over to me. I had this, I had that, I had this part of your life, but you never gave me this part until now. And I thought, okay, God, now I get it. You want all of me. You don't just want some of me. This is what it means to wait on God. God, whatever you desire, on your terms, and no strings attached. This was David. David was so honest. This is why we wait. Why don't we wait again? Why do we have a problem? Waiting can feel like a waste of time. God's been trying to get maybe your attention and you keep filling the space of time that he gives you in order to fill it with other things. Like, I don't know if you are a type A person or if you're a driven individual or if you're incredibly disciplined. I would imagine David was very disciplined. I would imagine David had a pretty clear vision for what he wanted, but he submitted his life over to God. But here's what we do. We take the time God gives us and we fill it with other things. And then we go, okay, no, I need to return this email instead. I need to check this update status instead. I need to check the, pack, check the packaging or on the, the tracking on my Amazon package. I need to go ahead and hit the RSVPs. I need to make sure that I text Johnny. I need to make sure I text Susie. And all of a sudden, the time that God has given us to have a clear picture of what he wants next, we fill it with other things. And then we become distracted. And then we become frustrated. David said, I want whatever you want, God, whatever you desire on your terms. In order for David to convincingly pen these words to wait patiently on the Lord. Again, I said, wait. He had to build a trust with God that says, God, I will be willing to wait because I trust you with everything that you have ever promised. David's time with God was spent in a way, developing something you could recall. David never had to wonder. 
David never had to question. David never had to go look high and low to wonder if God was going to do what God said he was going to do. But David knew that in order to wait, it was connected to time. Time is an interesting concept when you think about it. We love time when time is on our side. Oh, I love time. You know, I was never a good test taker. Never have been, and I don't know that I ever will be. I don't think I need to be, right? Unless it's a test from the Lord, and I don't want to ace it, you know. But let me tell you, I was never good at test taking. You could test me about my life, and I'd probably get the answer somewhat wrong, or at least I would have to question. Like, I'm not sure what year I was born, God. I don't know if that was my legal name. Right? But you know what's even worse? Time tests. Like, tests are bad as it is. But if you put, a, like, a timer on there, I feel like that's just like a little devil. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you got 59 minutes left. Now you get, and then it goes from 59 to 32. I'm not sure, like, where'd that other gap go? It went from 59 minutes to 32, and I'm not even halfway done. Right? We love when time is on our side. I don't know if you like to golf, but golfing with no one behind you and no one in front of you is probably the greatest thing on the planet Earth. Saturday mornings, you love to sleep in. Oh, no alarm clock. When's the last time you slept without an alarm? I have built-in alarm clocks. They're humans. They're little tiny guys. They run around. They, they come in. Dad, I got to go pee. That's, what, that's, that's, that's my alarm clock. Dad, I got to go pee. And some days, it's just, hey, hey, Dad, how you doing? Can you please get up and get me some waffles? Like, I got built-in alarm clocks. We love when time is on our side. We don't like when time is not on our side. But David understood a concept that says, listen, God, if I'm going to wait on you, it's going to require some time. If I'm going to wait on you, it's going to require some time. Trust is built over time. Have you ever trusted somebody overnight? You've never trusted somebody overnight. Here's what I do know. If I spend time with God, he reveals my purpose. If I spend time with God, he strengthens my character. If I spend time with God, he can change the way that I think. And if I spend time with God, he can change my entire life. Can I ask you a question? Have you been spending time with God? Does your life look like you have been spending time with God? You know, there's a portion of scripture when it went to going to describe the disciples, they said those were ordinary men who had spent time with Jesus. We become like those we hang around. We begin to finish each other's sentences. I know what's going to make Pastor Eric laugh. He knows exactly what's going to make me laugh because we have spent some time together. And I love that David had spent enough time with God to where he no longer doubted the process. David knew it. This is just the way it is. I'm in it for the long haul. Tell somebody it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. I asked you earlier why do we have a problem with waiting on God. Now here's what I want. Why should we wait on God and how do we wait on God? We wait what? Patiently, it says in verse 27, or in verse 14. For the Lord, it said, be brave and courageous. David was not telling us to wait on God's plan apathetically. I guess this is it. I guess this is all I have. 
I guess these are the cards that I've been dealt. I guess this is the circumstance that I, I guess this is. I don't know if you've ever had to go, like, God, I want to do some great things for you. And all of a sudden, he does some great things in you. It just didn't look like what you wanted. And all of a sudden, you go, I guess this is it. Paul said, be, be bold and be brave and be courageous. God, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm with you. So that's all I need to know. Right? There's a different strut. There's a different confidence. God, I'm not sure exactly what you have planned, but I'm in it for the long haul. God, I know that you have good things for me. I know it's not bad things. God, I know that if I wanted to control my life, then I have only so much that I could do. But my life in your hands, totally different story. We should spend time with God. Why? Because we live in a totally distracted world, but we serve in a totally undistracted God. We live in a world filled with anxiety, but God never suffers from anxiousness. We are the most preoccupied society on the planet, and yet God is totally consumed with you and me. I want you to write this down. Because for some reason, I had it highlighted in my notes. This is not a profound statement. I'm not full of those things. I like to try to live as practically as I possibly can, to be honest with you. I'm not that smart. I don't feel like I'm that smart. You got people who are wordsmiths, and they just come out, and they can just zing. You're like, dang, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to put it on a piece of wood. What art? You know, Calligraphy. God is not disconnected and he's not overwhelmed. For some reason, I had to highlight that. God is not disconnected. He is not overwhelmed. I'm going to invite the band up. We're going to close. Here's, here's, here's a concern of mine. Is that we have people who are disconnected. We have people who are overwhelmed. People who are plagued with anxiety, people who are struggling and are preoccupied, and they're attempting to take the driver's seat of their life. And God's saying, listen, why wouldn't you just wait on me and let me control that part of your life? Why wouldn't you just let me go, hey, hey, I know, I know what's best for you. And then we get to this place where we go, no, God, I'd rather control this part. Maybe you're not, maybe you're where I was. Like, God, I gave you this, I gave you that. I gave you this, and I gave you that. In fact, I gave you a lot of things, but there are some things that if you were to pull back the curtains, I've failed to give to you. Because you know why? I'm more confident in me than I am confident in you. When we refuse to give to God what God is desiring to take from us, what we're saying is, God, I'd rather my way over yours. I trust my ability over yours. I, I trust my capacity over you. I, I trust what I can do with it more than I trust you with it. This is the way God, God gets our attention is that he begins to take things and says, listen, I want to use this. I want to take that. I want to help you with this. I want to help you here. I brought a picture that um, I'll tell you this much. It was a flip phone picture. Okay, it's not an iPhone picture. This isn't an iPhone 12 picture. I'd love for you to bring that picture up. And it doesn't, and I hope you can see it. I hope you can see it. This, this is Gary Hutt. Gary Hutt's laying in a, in a hospital bed. Three days later, he, he went to be with Jesus. Okay, so 
So I don't want you to be distracted by the story here. But, 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 but Gary Hutt, he went to be with Jesus three days after this. I don't even know who that guy is. I don't know who that guy is. But I'll never forget this interaction. Because early on in my faith, Gary Hutt comes up to me. And he says, hey, young man. I said, how are you? He said, good. He said, I've had better days. He said, but I was looking at the way that you worship. You remind me a lot like me. But mind you, Gary don't have no hair. I'm like, Gary, you prophesied something over my life. I'm not sure, man. I had, I had more hair than that guy right there. He said, would you pray with me? I said, yeah, what can I pray for you about? Mind you, I've never prayed for anybody in my entire life. And I go, okay, Gary. He said, Terry, I woke up. I don't have feeling in my right leg. And I said, okay, I've never experienced that, man. I'd love to pray for you. I believe that God can heal you. And then he goes, hey, man, would you mind, would you mind coming over to my house with a couple of people? We're going to pray uh, that God figures this thing out. And then three days after that, we went over to Gary's house. And Gary's sitting there, and he's, he's struggling. Gary's struggling because now all of a sudden, with from one day to day 30, Gary lost all feeling and all mobility in his entire body. And Gary gave me some oil. He gave me some oil. I didn't know what to do with that. That's a Christian thing. They bring you some oil. I was brand new. I'm like, okay, I'm not cooking, bro. We're praying, which is kind of like cooking because we're ready to get in. Gary's just asking us, pray with us, you remind me of me. Pray with us, you remind me of me. Pray with us, you remind me of me. And I'm looking at Gary. We're at his hospital bed, and he said, it's not looking good, but I want you guys to come up one last time. The only mobility Gary had was in his right hand and a little bit in his right arm. And we're praying, and Gary says, I brought you here because we're doing this the wrong way. He said, I know where I'm going. I've waited on God. And he said, what I want to do is I want to pray for you despite the circumstances that I'm plagued with. And Gary is on his last days. It's not looking good. But he's saying, hey, listen, it's no longer my plan. It is God's plan. It's no longer what I desire. It is what God desires. And Gary begins to pray for us. That we'd go on and live with great faith. We'd go on and do great things. We'd go on and we'd honor God with every aspect of our life despite what we're looking at. Gary had every reason to go, I'm done. I'm going back to what I knew and that is self-preservation. Gary said, no, I'm good. I'm going to do it God's way even to the end of my last days. Same thing with David. David said, man, I've lived a full life because I've waited on God. I've waited on God. I've waited on God. Axios Church, I'm curious. Are we waiting on God as a church? Do we believe this room can be filled with people one day? Do we believe that God is going to do something great in this place? Do we believe that God is going to surround the city of Lakeland and say, listen, there is something that is yet to be done in this city. I believe in your pastor. I've never planted a church. I've never been a pastor. I've never been a person who had to come in here and set up and tear down and present to you an opportunity to come and worship God. But what I do know is that if we wait on the Lord, 
The Bible says that even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. Like even on my worst days, we see David, remember, the son of Jesse. Then we see David, oh, the great king. Then we see David, oh, the great adulterer. I don't know, is he a great king or is he a great adulterer? I'm not totally sure. Then we see David, a man after God's own heart. One who will be marked with waiting. I want to pray for us. And I want to remind you that God is still asking us to wait. Maybe you felt like this. Maybe you felt like, I know I, should, I probably should be praying late. I should, I should probably have been praying a little bit more. I know I probably should be been reading my Bible a little bit more. I know I probably should be. You know what I love about God? Is that if you don't call me back, I might not stop. I might not, I might not, I might not keep trying. I know that if I lie, I give you something and you and, and you and like, hey, did you read that book that I gave you? I'm gonna stop asking. But I love I love He's saying, he said, listen. Despite you, despite what you haven't done, I want, I, want, I want more time with you. Despite you not doing what you, I, I still desire time with you. I still desire a relationship. I still desire, I still desire, I still like, I'm not done with you. Uh, and in fact, uh, there's a, a good work in you that I'm faithful to complete. In fact, that you're, you're God, I want, I want to spend time with you. You know what I love about David and what he thought? He knew that God had all the time in the world for him. Like he didn't have to send a calendar and invite to God and hope that he accepts. God's ready for you right now. So, Father in heaven, we love you. You're good to us. You always have been. And you always will be. God, I thank you for this church and this place. What you want to do this morning. God, I thank you that when you just call us to wait on you, God, when it's never met with Disruption is never met with destruction or pain or frustration. God, it is always met with good things, things you've promised. God, we love you. We thank you for all you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.